Would somebody give God some praise up in this place today? He is in this place and he is moving. God, we need you. We thank you for your presence here. And I'm going to say it, you're just getting started. God, I don't know what the people in this place have going on in their hearts, but I know if they're like me, they got stuff, they got hurt, they got trouble, they've got problems, issues, and God, we've come to your house, and we're going to give it to you right now if you're okay with that, and I know that you are. I would ask that you take it. I would ask that you clear our hearts and our minds so that we can receive a word, a truth from you that God, if we let it, it will literally transform our lives. That's what you're in the business of doing. We don't just shout about it. We don't just talk about it. God, we're seeing it. We're in the middle of it. And I know there are people here today that are desperate for change in areas of their life. It's why you would bring them here, not just to show up and check church off the list and say, okay, what's next? Where are we going to go eat? No, it's so that you, we, you could do something supernatural in us. And that's what I'm boldly asking in the name of Jesus. God, have your way. Do what only you can do. And we will continually lift up your name and give you praise. You are good. You are God. And God, in you, the best is yet to come. We love you. We thank you. We believe it. We declare it. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody says, amen. amen and amen. That's right. You can have a seat. Oh, man. If you're new, if this is your first time, welcome home. I'll say it again, and I'll never stop saying it. Welcome home. God, you, you picked, and you might think, I say this every weekend. I don't say it every weekend, but you picked an incredible weekend to come. I am, I, like, I, I don't want to get too excited right away because, you know, it could throw me off a little bit, but mm, I'll, let me just start with this story before I get too excited. My daughter Ava is 14 years old, and she's been on me like crazy to want to drive a car. Always like, Dad, take me driving, take me driving. And my first response is, Ava, that's like, I want to say is that's illegal. You know what? You're not, that's, you're not even old enough to drive. You don't have a license. You don't have a permit. You have nothing. So I was going to go with the legal thing. But then I thought to myself, you know, I don't know if I'll take that avenue because Ava's drives with, or she rides with me a lot. And she sees her dad on occasion make right turns on red when it says don't turn right on red, like every time. So I thought, do I want to get in some legal debate? So I thought, no, I ain't going to go through that. So I said, Ava, let's go driving, okay? We'll go to some open parking lot. It'll be safe. And so, <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. Ava does pretty well. We've done it a few times now. And, but I'll tell you that she's got a couple areas that still scare me. Number one. She has a tendency to, to, to be driving, and she's, she gets excited because she's like, oh my gosh, when I press this pedal, it like goes, I know, yes, Ava, it goes faster, yes. And uh, just, you know, and so she'll, she'll be going, and she'll be like, oh my gosh, Dad, this is so great. I'm doing so good. Dad, aren't I doing so good? Dad, this is, I'm like, Ava, look ahead, okay? I don't want to die. She's looking over at me, talking to me, and driving. So we're working on, you know, Ava, look, look through the windshield. That's important for us to live through today. Secondly, Ava, okay, the second thing I'm working on with her is like the pedals. She's like, first she was using both feet, and that's like, if you're using both feet, like one for the gas and one for the brake, you're, you're probably going to hell, okay? You shouldn't do that. That's, that's horrible. So you, uh, it's one foot, your right foot for both, and she's like, I remember we're going around this parking lot, and I'm like, Ava, Okay, we're going a little fast. I said, you need, a, you need a break. And she's like, where's the break again? And she leans down under the dash and she's like, I'm like, Ava, again, get your head above the dash. Look out the window. Okay, so it's, it's, uh, it's not safe. I'll just say that. So, um, but it's funny. The last time we went was earlier this week. And we, <laughs> we are in the car and I shut the car off. I get, go on the passenger side. Ava gets in the driver's side. And I'm like, Ava, all right, what are we going to do? She's like, seatbelt, check. All right, what's next? Uh, uh, mirrors, check. Okay, good. Uh, radio, and she starts to find her favorite channel. I said, Ava, radio off. Okay, that's, that's no radio, no nothing. Cell phone, give it to me. And she's doing all this, and she's, she's putting the seat in the correct position. She does all these things. And, and, and then I say to her, I said, Ava, all right, we're done for today. And she looks at me, because we haven't even started the car yet. And she looks at me like she wanted to, like, kill me. I'm her dad. Why would you look at me like that? But she, she was like, I mean, she gave me those eyes, and I'm like, and she goes, Dad, I didn't come here just to do that. I came here to drive. And I said, okay, yeah, I know. Uh, but, and the reason I share that part of the story is because 
The series that we've been in through the summer, Battle Born, it's about the armor of God. And if you're new, we talked about these different pieces we put on. The breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, we grab the sword of the spirit. And we've talked about all these pieces to equip us. But here's, here's a fear of mine, and this is why today is such a good day for you to be here. Because we could equip ourselves, we could grab all the pieces and put it all together. Just like Ava got prepared that day in the car, check this, do that, move that. But if we never power it up, if we never start the engine, and we never actually start to go forward in God's plan and our purpose, you'll never go anywhere. You'll be all dressed up and nowhere to go. And, 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 And this is what I think happens in a lot of our lives. Most people aren't living their purpose. If you're not living your purpose, if you don't even know what your purpose is, well, you picked a good day to come to church because you're going to hear a lot about it. But most people don't live their purpose. We talk about it all the time. My dream for you today is that you would live your purpose. That's what I want for you. You keep coming here, we will point you to your purpose. But I, I think people will hear about these things that we need to do, but they never actually start power it up. You need to power it up. Ava, we need to start the car. She knew that. She wanted to. We need to power up this armor of God. So I say that to start with a scripture. The armor of God is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses really 10 through 20. And we've unpacked them for eight weeks. And, and, and there's six pieces. I would contend there's seven. Say seven. Seven. Today I'm going to give you number seven. They might not say it's a piece, but I'm telling you, it's the power that you need to, to, to have any of those pieces work in conjunction with God's purpose for your life. Ephesians 6.18, Paul's listed all the six, and he gets to number seven. This is what he says. Pray. Say pray. Pray. Mm. Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Okay, that's a lot. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. In this statement, in this one verse, we learn that prayer is our power source. We learn that prayer is the energy that literally fuels our armor. It gives the Christian soldier power in his armor of God. Because with, without prayer, there is no power. You can suit up all day long. You're, you're still in trouble. Because you're, you, you don't, you're, your suit doesn't have power. It's like sitting in that parking lot with Ava and I, and you're in the car, but you ain't going nowhere. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I, was, I get pretty real up here, and that's just the way it is, so I hope you're okay with that. God convicted me, as I put this message together for you, spiritual disciplines, things like reading the Bible and and, and um, meditating and praying. Prayer, and this, I'm embarrassed to tell you this as a pastor, it's a weak area of mine. And God revealed that to me. Like, <laughs> I, I am so passionate about this message, and I hope, I hope it, it flows to you through God, from God. That's my prayer. Is, is I know I can't just stand up here and say, oh, just you need to pray and trust, that's Bruce Power. I need to show you God's word. I need to give you a story from God's word that will, it's not from me, it's from God. And God doesn't change. So if the power that I'm going to tell you about happened 2,000 years ago, it can happen today. Because that God from 2,000 years ago is the God of today, amen? He is the same God. It is the same power. And the story I'm going to unpack, oh my gosh, it's going to blow you away. But the one thing I don't, the mistake I don't make anymore as a pastor is assuming that you're praying. And you shouldn't even assume I pray, okay? I don't do that. Going to church doesn't mean you're praying. It doesn't. I found that out when I was a pastor. I was pastoring a location. And this woman, uh, she'd come to the church for years. Young gal would bring her son. I used to teach him in kids ministry. And now I was the pastor of the location. And she came to me and she's like struggling with some issues and wanted some pastoral care. And as she kind of unloaded what was going on, all I asked was, well, how's your prayer life? She looked at me like, like I was smoking crack for asking the question. I'm like, well, if it was six years earlier, she might be right. But I was sober now. So praise God for that. But I, she looked at me like, pray? I mean, I, and I, I, I said, are you, are you praying? And she's like, and she was, I'll give her credit. She was honest. She said, no. I mean, she said it like, like, like I was insane for asking the question. And, and God hit me. And God's like, Monty, just because... They're going to church doesn't mean they're praying. And I'm like, God, we talk about prayer every week. We pray every week. It's a house of prayer. 
And, and that opened my eyes to like, my, so I'm asking you a question, and you don't need to answer it or raise your hand. Don't do that. But are you praying? Okay, that's the first half. The second half is, if you are, are you believing God's going to answer your prayers? Do you, do you believe? If you don't, it's okay. It's okay. That's why we're here together. We're learning together. But the story I'm going to show you, I think, is going to change your life. I think it's going to, it's going to help you understand that, that prayer. This is your main point, by the way. I couldn't even wait till later in the message to give it to you. I said, I ain't waiting. God, I don't care. I'm going to tell them right away. Prayer provides the power for victory. Okay? Prayer does provide the power for victory. And that might seem remedial, like, oh, it's church. You're going to talk about prayer. No, 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 no. I'm talking, I'm talking bold, persistent, authentic prayer and us believing it. That woman that I met with that day, the woman that said, prayer, no, I ain't praying. She, 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 at that point anyway, she did not believe there was power in prayer. She didn't say it, but she didn't have to say it. What she was demonstrated told me. We talked about prayer every week. She wasn't doing it. You know what that says? I don't, I mean, if you believed it was powerful, you'd do it. She didn't believe it. And I, I, I'm preaching to me as much as I'm preaching to you. I, I, as a pastor, God is te- convicting me and showing me, and then he points me to Acts 12. If you brought a Bible or you got the mobile app on your phone, please go to Acts 12. It's, it's right after the Gospels. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then it's Acts so Acts 12, as you're going there, and if you don't have those things, it's cool. I'll put it up on the screen here um, shortly, but I'll set it up. Jesus Christ, he's, he's physically gone now. He's died on the cross, true story. He's risen from the dead three days later, literally that happened. And then he hung out with buddies and friends for a while and people and appeared to a bunch of people for about 40 days. And then he, and then he I forgot I had that in my pocket. Anyway, so, and then he went up into heaven. He physically went up into heaven and sent his Holy Spirit. That's what's happened. In the first church, the first church is, is birthed. It's happening. Jesus has ordained it. He's up sitting with the Father now, and he sent his Holy Spirit, and he's with them all over the place now. And, and the church is starting to gain momentum, just like Meadows is starting to gain momentum. See, when you, when you gain momentum, you're going to have persecution. Any area of your life that you're doing that's of God, if you're facing people that are, that are, they feel like they're your enemy and you thought they were your friend, you're seeing stuff on social media and you're like, my gosh, I want to shut down my Insta account. That wouldn't be a bad idea, by the way. I'm thinking about fasting for about the next five years. I don't know. We'll see what God does. But I, it, it, social media, I love it on one hand because the stories of us reaching people through our social media platforms, I don't even know if Casey talked about that today. Did you? You did? Okay, so I, I can't badmouth it. But We've literally seen lives change and people come to Meadows because of it. That I love. It's a tool that I love so much. But then I see the other side of it too and the personal side of it where it's like these, you know, it's not even real. You know, so our, our highlight reels and all this stuff. And so I, I, I'm not anti. I'm just saying be careful with it. You know, I love it to, to share messages and, and inspiration for you to encourage you and tell you I love you and God loves you. I'll never stop doing that. So I think it's a great tool. I think Jesus would use it. I just don't know if he'd go over the top with it like some of us, like even me on occasion. So anyway, gosh, Casey, you got to keep me on track. What happened there? Whatever. So here we go. Acts, Acts 12, verse 1. This is huge. So Oh, yeah, now I remember. When, when good things are happening, um, you're going to face persecution. And some of you, you're facing it right now. That's, what you, that's why you came today. I'm telling you, God has something for you. Mm. About that time, verse 1, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, check this out, one of the 12 disciples, James, the inner three, three of Jesus' closest friends out of the 12, Peter, James, and John. This is that James. Herod has him killed. This is the first of the 12 disciples that have been killed for their faith. James, now you know, some trivia for you, right? He's not the last, but he's the first. So Herod has him murdered, and the people like it. And Herod liked when the people liked it, because if Herod knew if the people were happy, that would help him in his political position. So, so Herod has James killed. The Bible says the people were pleased. The Jewish people were pleased. So then Peter had, or uh, Herod had Peter arrested. Peter's like, dang it, I killed James? People love me. What if I kill Peter? That's what his agenda is. He's arrested Peter, and he's going to take him out too. 
Herod was nuts. There's different Herods, by the way. It's a family. <laughs> it's, it's a crazy family, but it's still a family. Come, so Herod Agrippa, his granddad, was Herod the Great. Herod the Great was the, the Herod that was around when Jesus was born. And if you know the story, he had a lot of the babies in Bethlehem killed because he was trying to kill Jesus. That was his granddad. Now, now this Herod's uncle, he's Herod Antipas. He's the, that's the Herod that had John the Baptist's head cut, cut off. You know, so now this is the other Herod. This is, this is the grandson of Herod the Great. And he was as evil as the others. And he, he uh, had James killed and he had Peter arrested. And he had no intention of letting Peter go. And I know that because of what I'm about to share with you next. Verse 4. Then, say then. Mm, what happens after then? He imprisoned Peter, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers. So 16 guys were in charge of making sure that Peter went nowhere. Because the end result for Peter would be death if, if Herod has his way. Four groups of four rotating nonstop to be with Peter. It's the, by the way, this is the third time Peter's been in prison, by the way. And this time, this time they want to make sure it sticks. They, they don't want to see a fourth time. They don't want to see him leave prison. 16 guards. Verse 5, but, oh my gosh, I can't blow by this verse. This is the biggest verse of the whole, of the whole message. You ready for it? So Peter's in prison. He is, he is being watched by a lot of guys. He is chained to them. You'll see that shortly. Listen to verse 5. It's so easy to blow by this, but this is the whole point of the message. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. So the church, the same church that was being persecuted by Herod, the same church that Peter was a part of, is praying. They're like gathering, and it's earnestly. That's bold. That's persistent. This is prayer, and it's going down. And they believe in what they're praying. See, sometimes I think we'll pray, and we're like, you know, I don't even, God, I'm praying, you know, the cancer be healed. I'm praying the prodigal daughter come home. I'm praying, you know, what the, my, my finances finally turn right side up. I don't, there's not a chance it's going to happen, God, but I'll throw it up and just by chance, see if it sticks. I think that's how we pray sometimes. Do you believe in this power? Oh, let me just show you the power. Let me just show you the power. So the church prays for Peter. Verse 6, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he's sleeping. That's nuts, and you'll see why. He's sleeping fastened with two chains between two Roman soldiers. Okay? You don't see that every day. I don't know when the last time you've been chained up to two guys. By the way, if you've done that, don't tell me about it, okay? I, but we do want to pray for you, but that's because that's weird. But uh, so, but he's chained to two dudes. And, and he's, he's literally chained to them, but he's sleeping. Okay, well, something I know about guys, if you got three guys all sleeping in the same room, one of them for sure snoring like crazy. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I've had roommates throughout my days and in college and after college and almost every one of them. And the bigger they are, the, the louder they snore, I found out. I, my one roommate, he, he registered on the Richter scale, I'm pretty sure. It was unbelievable. I asked him, I said, dude, I am ready. To, like the, the neighbors downstairs are complaining during the night because you snore so bad. And, and I can't, what I can't believe about it is he slept like, like he slept through it. Like how do you... I mean, everybody else is impacted. We're all miserable. Anybody in a 10-mile radius can't sleep if they're around you, but you're sleeping like a baby louder than heck. I don't get it. So it, whatever. So, and, and I, so I think about things. And so Peter's in the prison, chained to two guards, sleeping. Two other guards are at the door. Um, <laughs> one of them's snoring. We just established that. And what about when you got to go to the bathroom? I mean, what, it, they had to do that. Like Peter's laying in there in the middle of the night. What's he got to do? Like, nudge the guard? Hey, hey. I mean, he's, cha he's chained to do, his hands are chained. And it is his hands. It's his wrist. You'll see that. God, psh, psh, sir, sir. I mean, I just, I don't, I, I won't even elaborate on that, Casey. But here's, on a side note, this is just free information. Never pee in a dream, okay? Just take my word for it. That'll get, it's not good. It's not good. So, anyway, <laughs> okay. Welcome to Meadows. Get back to it. So, um, Casey, when I get off track, I need you to do something like that. Can you do that? <laughs> he just shakes his head. He's up there. Um, so, uh, what was I doing? Okay, so suddenly, oh, this is, okay, so he's sleeping in the prison. We've got, we've got him between two guards, and, but he's sleeping like a baby. And, and I can tell you that he's sleeping soundly from verse 7. 
because it says suddenly as he slept and he's facing death, how he's sleeping, I don't get, but a bright light shone through the cell and an angel of the Lord was literally standing before Peter. Peter still doesn't wake up. Bright light doesn't wake him up. It doesn't. It says, the next thing it says, the angel struck him alongside the head to wake him up. So Peter's, and the angel even says, quick, you moron. He didn't say you moron, but I add stuff. So he said, quick, get up. So the angel literally has to swat Peter to get him up. That's how, so how is Peter, how does Peter have such confidence and peace? How? How is he sleeping like that through knowing what he's facing? I'll tell you how he's doing it. The prayers of the people. That's how he's doing it. It's the prayers of the people that are doing it. That's how he's doing it. In the next sentence, it says, then the chains fell off. And there is the power that we see tangibly in the prayers of the church that literally these chains fall from Peter. And you might say, well, gosh, you know what? It was, it was the angel that brought Peter freedom. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I would tell you, it was the prayers of the people that brought the angel to Peter in the first place. That's what I would say. There's power in your prayers. Do you believe it? I believe it. I believe it because I'm reading it. And Peter knew it. Peter knew there was power. That just don't happen. But it happened. And he was free. And it's kind of comical because after that happens, the angel says, quick, get up. And the angel goes on to say, come on, Peter, get dressed, get on your sandals. And Peter did it. Says, put on your coat. And Peter did it. Says, come follow me. And Peter did it. You know what God's showing us there? He's showing us that we need to participate. See, could the angel have just gotten Peter dressed? Like got his pants on for him, got his shoes on for him? Yeah. My gosh, you mean the, the, the chains fell off. I'm pretty sure that can happen too. But God is showing us that God wants us to participate in the miracles. In the miracles in our life, and some of the miracles that you're in the middle of, but they're, but they're not coming to fruition, are because we're not participating in it. We're like, God, do your part. God's like, I'm doing my part. Need you to do yours. Right? Peter would have never left the jail cell if he never would have got up. He wouldn't. The chains are off, Peter, but you, you've got to stand, Peter. you got to get your coat. you got to get your shoes. you got to follow me now. It, it's kind of like... You remember there's a story in the Bible where Jesus raises a guy named Lazarus from the dead. It's amazing. But, but the people had to participate in the miracle. Like Lazarus is alive, but the Bible says that men had to roll away the stone so Lazarus could get out. Remember the time when Jesus fed thousands with five loaves and two fish? Guess what? People, disciples, had to distribute the food to get it to the people. They had to participate. See, your God doesn't want to just do miracles for you. Your God wants to do miracles with you. He wants you to participate. He wants to do something in your life today. He's ready for you to step up and step in. He's there. He's waiting. Will we do it? Peter was doing it. So Peter left the cell, verse 9, following the angel. But Peter's, Peter's thinking, is this even real, or am I just sleepwalking? Was it the Xanax? Was it the Ambien? Or is I'm really, this is really happening? He doesn't know. It says he thought it was a vision. He thinks he's hallucinating. He didn't realize it was actually happening. It's so supernatural what's happening right now. They passed the first and second guard, those posts, and came to an iron gate. Leading to the city, leading to freedom. Some of you, freedom is right on the other side of this iron gate. And it waits for you. And God wants you to participate in what he wants to do in your life. And the breakthrough that he has for you. He has one for you. He's begging, he's wanting, to, he's wanting you to see the power in these prayers. And your participation in those prayers. Listen to what happened. They get to the gate and it opened for them all by itself. The second miracle takes place. The gate flies open by itself. They pass through it. They're walking down the street, and suddenly the angel left. It's like the angel said, Peter, you got it. You're good. I got the chains off. I got the gate open. I'm on your way. Well, what's Peter going to do now? I mean, he's, on, he's a guy on the run, right? They're going to find out. They're going to come after him. It's interesting what he does. Look at this. Let's see where he goes. Peter, I like it. Peter finally comes to his senses. The Bible is so funny. You, you got to read it. 
you know, but between Sundays, I hope you open your Bible 10 minutes a day. Oh my gosh. Peter finally comes to a census. He says, it's, it's, it's really true. It wasn't the Ambien. It wasn't the Xanax. It's true. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and the Jewish leaders and what they planned to do to me. Peter knew he was facing death. Now he was alive. Now he was free. And he knew it. And, get, and he knew exactly where it came from. Peter was no dummy. He was part of the church. He knew they were a church of prayer. He knew there was power in prayer. And if he didn't know it then, he knew it now because he was free. The shackles were off of him. And, and, and listen to where he goes. When he realized this, he went back to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark. He went back to the church, is what I'm telling you, where many were gathered for prayer. So he goes right back to the place. He, he went right to the source, didn't he? The power source. Say power source. Power source. He, he's like, you know what? And I wrote it down. Since it was the prayers of the people that provided the power, Peter decided the best place to be was in the middle of those prayers, in the middle of those people. So he goes right back there. See, when God does something in your life and you know that it's him and you can't describe it as a coincidence or it just happened or it's a fluke, no, it wasn't. Let's call it what it is. Has God ever done something in your life and you're like, gosh, that had to be God. Like, that's too good to just happen. And then you prayed for it and you saw it happen. Why don't you, if, if you've ever experienced any of that in your life, would you give God just a little bit of praise right now and thank him that God wants to do something supernatural in you and through you? You know? And if you can't find a way to give him praise right now, that's okay. I promise you keep coming back. You will. He will. He will show up if you, if you open the door. He will. He always does. Oh my gosh. Oh God, you're so good. So Peter, the, the church, that verse five that I read to you where the, the church is praying, the church is so powerful. The church is so powerful. It ain't the building. It ain't, it ain't the steeple. It ain't the cross on the, the, this is the church. There's such a supernatural power that happens. That's why I'm so proud of you for being here today. You got options. You're busy. Your time is valuable. But yet you chose on a Sunday morning to come to God's house and hear what he has to say for your life. I promise you, God wants to show up and do something supernatural in you. He loves blessing those that seek him. He loves it. He loves it. So that's what, I'm just so excited that you're here. But, but there's something about the church and the community that is so powerful that I want you to see. See, prayer, when we pray, like, like earlier Casey led you through the Lord's Prayer. I love that prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. Do you know what it doesn't say? My Father who art in heaven. It doesn't say that because it's not some individual. It is, it is the body coming together. It's an individual relationship, yes, but, but, but there, is no, there is no true body unless you're around others in a setting like we're in, doing life together, meeting together, loving together, praying together. He's our Father, and He wants to do something, and your Father and my Father, want, He wants to do something in our lives. He knows when He impacts you, it could impact Him, and when it impacts Him, and He prays for her, then her life changes. This is what he, this is how he works. Well, well you know what, pastor? I, I, I pray to our, my father and I pray to our father and I don't like where my life is at. You know, I don't like where my life is going. And it, it could be easy to say that. You know, before I even get to that, where is your life at right now? And maybe you ask yourself a question like many people ask. You know, the number one question people ask God, what, what do you want for my life? What am I here for? It's the number one thing that people ask. What's your will? What's your purpose for me? You want me to tell you? Oh my God, I got one yes there. You, uh, you got to do better than that. Do you want me to tell you God's will for your life? Okay, okay, that's better. Now I can, now I can talk to you. Um, this is God's will for your life. This isn't from me. This is from God out of his word. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And if you notice as I read this, prayer is in the center of it. Always be joyful, it says. Say always. always. That's God's will for your life. Always be joyful. Always? Always? Even when I don't get the job? Even when the checkbook has that in it or it has nothing in it? Even when it's Monday and not Friday? Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all, say all, all circumstances. For this is God's will for you if you belong to Christ Jesus. 
For those who are in Christ Jesus, that's God's will for your life. It can, it can look a lot of different ways. I get it. I'm just giving you an overarching. God is telling you, it's a command. Always be joyful. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not just when things are good or things um, aren't horrible. In everything. That is his will for you in Christ Jesus. You, those things, your joy, your, 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 your thankfulness, your prayers, they should not fluctuate based, based on your feelings. That should not happen. And that's where I get back to the story of maybe you don't like the way where your life is at. And you didn't expect life to look the way it does. My guess is that's most of us, right? My gosh, I would have never drawn up my life the way it is. Ever. Okay? And you're thinking, I was supposed to, I was supposed to be married right now. I was supposed, I was supposed to be divorced. I wasn't, I, I was supposed to be through school. I was supposed to be out of debt. I was supposed to know my career and my calling. I was supposed to have this many kids and that boy, girl, boy, you know, I had it all mapped out when I was 12 and it, it looks nothing like that. And we look at our lives and I wrote this down. I said, sometimes, and I hope you're okay when I get real with you. I just can't do it any other way. But, but I've heard too many people, me included, oh gosh, if it was just this way, or if it was just that way, or if I could do, then I would be able to be joyful, and then I would be happy. Sometimes you need to let go of the story you thought life would be and start to find joy and embrace the story that you're currently living. Joy does not depend on your circumstances. It depends on your Jesus, and he does not change, and he loves you. Do you believe it? Oh, embrace where you're at, but it sucks where I'm at. Well, then don't stay there. Keep moving. Keep walking. Keep going. There's a new road ahead. You got to keep walking. My pastor said, if you're going through hell, why in the world would you stop? Keep going. Don't stop. Jeez. You like that? I do too. It's good. I love this series. I, I'm almost sad that it's coming to an end today, but battle born. We're in a battle. You and I in life, relationships, jobs, money. It's crazy. I hope you've learned throughout this time together that we need to armor up. And I pray to Jesus Christ that you're learning today. You can armor up all you want, but if you don't fuel it with prayer and believe in what you're praying, you're sitting in a parking lot, excited to drive a car that will go nowhere. That's what I need you to know. Prayer provides the power for victory. We can't just say that because it's a cute statement that we're going to remember. We have to look at that and say, I believe that. I believe that, not because of, of just because I'm saying it, but because Peter lived it, and others have lived it. My gosh, we got people, God's doing stuff in your lives. I don't have time to share all the stories, but I'll tell you a couple. There's a woman, I just talked to her this morning again. God, there's no coincidences. This is so nuts. This woman prays with our prayer team, and she was going through a battle battle born she's going through a battle struggling son lives in a place that's high urban area a lot of crime a lot just she lives a long ways away and she, we worry about our kids don't we i don't care if they're eight or 80 we still worry about your kids you want the best for your kids you don't want them in harm's way so she's got some anxiety and stuff and she's talking to him and making sure he's okay and communicating and all of a sudden Communication stops. Nothing. Reaches out, here's nothing. Reaches out, here's nothing. Well, you know, as a parent, my gosh, the first thing we think is the worst. It's like, oh my gosh, it's the worst possible scenario. That's happened. I know it. It's over. So where we go? It's just our minds. Well, praise God for her that she, God leads her and she's obedient and she participates in what God wants to do and she comes to church. And she hears a message, and she's hurting on the inside. Some of you, I say that, and you're, you're hurting so bad right now on the inside. It's why God brought you here. It's why, he, it's why you're here. She was dying on the inside, thinking her son is gone. It's over. I know it. I feel something's amiss. But she's in church, 
and she's and she and church gets done and she's over there in the hallway to the restrooms and she walks by the prayer area this prayer room that's a prayer room by the way if you don't know that it's powerful she walks by and sees the sign and looks in sees one of our, our guys in the prayer team sitting at the table praying waiting for people to come in so we can pray with them and she debates it see you're gonna have times in your life when you're gonna have a choice to make and you'll be like ah, I don't know they don't want to they don't want to hear my problems or I don't want to have to go in there and that's kind of you know I and she struggled with that and I appreciate her honesty I struggle with that I struggled to tell you that I was struggling with my prayer life to me that's like embarrassing it for a pastor that I'm, I'm not praying as much as I need to but God's God's working on me like he's working on you well she goes into there and he prays she prays with this guy short stoic prayer nothing magical nothing eloquent no big words just bold words just just believable words just faith-filled words and she prays in probably 60 seconds she's done and she was specific in the prayer she said I need to hear from my son I need to hear from my son and I need to hear from my son soon that's what she said be specific when you pray he loves when you're specific and she prays it the very next day her son texts her mom I apologize for not getting back to you mom I'm okay that's one story of many that I could share with you about what God is doing in the lives of people there's power in prayer it isn't coincidence and, and people are like well if it's God's will to be done I don't need to pray about it he knows no he wants to hear from you it, it's a participation God's will is not being done look at our world okay it's not being done it doesn't just happen it requires us to do our part that's what God is showing showed Peter that's what God showed this woman in her journey to the prayer team I love it I guarantee that woman she'll be praying with the prayer team a lot more she's like oh my gosh I just kind of like Peter running back there she's gonna run back okay this worked pretty well the first time I'm gonna keep praying there's power something's happening here I don't even get it all I don't need to I just I'm gonna go where I'm gonna go where the power is I'm gonna go where the prayers are being answered oh my gosh prayer provides the power for victory prayer provides the power for victory prayer is not trying to persuade God to do what you want prayer is not trying to persuade God to get into your plans prayer is getting underneath God's plan and can I share with you that, that when you start to move from your plans to God's plans well the best is yet to come that's why we say that see we believe that I've seen it so many times my plans have hurt me in many ways my plans for thinking that I know what's best has, has got me well it got me to be a drug addict who was hopeless and helpless that's where it got me I don't know where you're at but that's what that's what they did for me it was not good I'm closing the message and I want to share something with you about it that maybe you've caught this theme or maybe you haven't if you haven't you're gonna catch it now the armor of God those six pieces now seven because prayer is the biggest piece that surrounds it all there's a constant theme there, there's like a, a, a center structure that would center everything this entire armor that we wear there's a theme and I want to show it to you the first week of the message we looked at the first piece it was called the belt of truth if you missed any of the message you can catch them on YouTube the belt of truth I looked at scripture and I, I, I came across John 14 6 one of my faves Jesus Christ is the truth hmm. the next week we looked at the body armor of righteousness 2nd Corinthians 5 21 Jesus is our righteousness okay shoes of peace was the third week Ephesians 2 14 Christ is our peace it says Wow, I'm seeing something happen here. The next shield of faith, Galatians 2.20. His faithfulness, Jesus, makes our faith possible. Then the helmet of salvation, Luke 2.30. It says he is our salvation, speaking of Jesus. And then last week, we looked at the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God and it says in John 1 14 check this out the Word became flesh his name was Jesus and he dwelt among us the entire armor of God is a picture of Jesus Christ and when you are in Christ and Christ is in you I'm telling somebody the best is yet to come do you believe it will you shout about it
shout to the Lord. I will give joy to Jesus. He's done so much in my life, and he wants to do even greater things than yours, I believe. Oh, these battle banners. For me, these are huge for two reasons. Number one, I sweat like a pig up here. That's huge. It's like, oh, that's good. But number two, and more importantly, every time I hold my battle banner, you know what's going to remind me to do? Pray. I'm going to hold it, and I'm going to pray for you and your families and your children and your, and your friendships and your hurts and your brokenness. I'm going to pray for you, and this is going to help me do it. And this is why these, we're giving these away. Man, if you, you, some of you, a lot of you already have one of these. But maybe you're new. I see a lot of new faces. I love when I see that. Or maybe you haven't got one yet. I need you to do me a favor. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or anything. But if you don't have a battle banner yet, raise your hand. Just raise it. Okay. Keep them, keep my host team. Throw, now, they're going to throw stuff at you right now. So be careful. And we've been known to hurt people. So um, keep those hands up. Hands up. So we got to get them to you. You need your battle banner. You need, you need your reminder. You need this as your shield and your strength and your helmet and your sword and your breastplate. You need your battle-born banner. We have more of these. We got a lot of them. And, and somebody asked me, well, why didn't, sometimes we do shirts. We didn't want to do shirts this time because shirts might go in the closet and you, re, you might wear it one time and you remember it, but then other times... This is bigger than, this has to be a daily thing. That's why we got to do banners. Because we raise our banner high to Jesus Christ. We are warriors. We are fighters. We are victors. We don't, we don't fight for victory. We fight from it. If you're in Christ, you got to believe it. And I'm telling you, I, we got banners because you can put this by your bed. You can put it by your phone. My prayer and your action item today is when you wake up every morning, you will turn. And before you grab your cell phone and you hop on Insta or you check your emails, you will grab this. And you will hold this and you will start to give God glory and praise. God, I'm breathing this morning. I've got a family this morning. I've got, I've got a church that loves me this morning. I've got a God who is in love with me this morning. There's hope for me today. I might not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. And you will use this as a reminder to pray. I'm asking you to pray every day. That's what I'm asking. Some of you, that's a stretch. I get it. It's, it's okay. I, it don't have to be long. It don't have to be eloquent. We already share that. It's, it, it's just be bold. Just be persistent. You hold your banner and you pray to your God. And if you're broken or you're hurting, you know what? Praise God because he has a tendency to turn broken into beautiful. I've seen him do it so many times and he wants to do it in you. So you let him do it. But you pray daily and you believe in the power of prayer. And this, you need to remember Peter and the chains and the gate and the freedom that he found through the power of his church praying for him. Prayer, God, he, you, you're, you're showing us power in prayer. We don't take it for granted. He needs us to participate. He wants us to participate. And prayer is an avenue to do that. This is what I want from you. This is what I'm asking. I believe God told me to tell you, pray daily. Pray daily. Pray daily. Gosh, there's such power in prayer. You can submit prayers online. You can, you can write them on the connection cards. You just, I don't care how you do it, do it. I'll close with one quick story. I talked about that woman and her incredible journey through the prayer area and what God did. I was gone last weekend, but I heard a story from our church of what God did again and again. There's a gentleman that's been coming to our church for months. And it's a, an amazing story. I get to hear it through his life group. He's connected to a life group. And, and he comes up for prayer. I'd say most weekends, he's up praying with the prayer team. And if you looked at him, you think he's, he's, he's had some rough times. I mean, it's just obvious he's, had, he's been through some trials. He's got some scars. He's been through some things. And I, I learned, I, what, eight years ago, he was diagnosed with leukemia cancer and he's going through this battle and he's been back to the hospital numerous times had huge surgeries I mean taking chemo doing these things I mean just just gut-wrenching stuff and the, and the journey back to the hospitals throughout the last eight years he's been told more than once you ain't leaving like you walked into the hospital but you're not walking out it's just but he didn't base his journey 
or his prayers on what the doctor said. He's basing it on what Jesus said. So he did walk out. Obviously, he had to walk out because he walked into Meadows Church. And he walks into Meadows Church, and I hear the story of what he's been through and his journey. And you know what I love? One of the things that I love is as he, he's, he lets the prayer team pray with him, he knows the power. He's living in a miracle, get it? See, when you're in the middle of a miracle and you know it, you'll come to the source every time. You'll come to the source and you'll want more of it because you know, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to be here. The doctor said it, the nurses said it, the, the records said it, you know, the, the, the test said it, but I'm standing. I'm here. I don't get it, but God's, God's not done with me. And he shows up and he comes here and he prays. Not only that, but he connects into a life group. Not only that, but now he, I hear he wants to start serving. I'm like, the dude just had a huge surgery like this last week. Huge surgery, big. And he's talking about how can I be a part? How can I give? How can I serve? I'm like, enjoy, happiness, laughter, sense of humor. Wow, so the joy isn't based on your circumstances, it's based on your Jesus. But yet he'd tell you he's far from perfect. He'd tell you he's still got things going on in his life, wrestling with things, with, with faith and with life. We all do. So last weekend, as he prays with the prayer team, I find out this, that in his prayers and in his journey last weekend at church, he recommits his life to Jesus Christ. Not only that, but that was the 200th decision for Christ in our church. I mean, are you kidding me? you got to shout louder than that. I don't hear anybody. I need to hear somebody get up and say, God, you are good. God, you are God. And God, we're not stopping. We're going forward because you have life for us. You have purpose for us. And you've got a plan bigger than our wildest dreams. Oh. We had two last week, so 201 decisions for Christ. Not even two years old, and God's just getting started. Life change is happening. I need, I need you to believe that your life can change. I need you to believe that there's power in your prayer. I need you to, but, I, but the last thing I need you to believe is this. The gospel of Jesus Christ, remember the Jesus throughout the armor of God? He's the answer. He's your armor. He's your strength. He's your fortress. He's your rock. He's everything. Now, if you don't believe in Jesus and you're here today, I love you. I pray for you and I hope you keep coming back. We'll never stop loving you, ever. But maybe today is the day that you either, like, like that man, you'll recommit because maybe some things just aren't right and you, you know it and you want to get on track or you've never surrendered. But don't be like me. Don't be like your pastor was most of his life. That was a head knowledge, always believing in Jesus. I've never doubted him. Never doubted the resurrection. Never doubted the crucifixion. Never doubted it. I'll tell you what, I wasn't walking with him. I wasn't surrendered to him. I wasn't like, I didn't repent from anything that I was doing. That's, I think, a lot of people. Is, is we believe, but we're living our own life. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. That's not living. That's not salvation. That's not Jesus. That's, that's deception. That's what the devil does. So today, I, 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 I'm praying for you. I've been all week. It's awesome. And I need you to know that Jesus Christ this is the son of God. I want, I, I, I'm, just take it from me. You know the most powerful prayer your pastor ever prayed? Ever! In my car bawling, two words. I mean, I was dead. It wasn't some, oh dear Jesus, and in the name, it was nothing. You know what it was? As I'm bawling and just crushed on the inside and dead and wanting to be gone from this life. Two words, most powerful prayer I ever prayed. Help me. See, that's all I could say. Boy, help me. And I prayed to Jesus. I didn't pray to anybody else but to Jesus. And you know what he did? He helped me. I pray that you'll believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God. I pray that you'll believe he died on a cross and that he rose from the dead. I pray that you'll believe that when you surrender your life to him, you believe in that and you call on his name and you turn from the way that you're living, you start to turn to him, that he'll come into you and he'll make you new as Holy Spirit like he did for Peter. That's how Peter, that the power, I pray that you'll do that. Recommitment, commitment, whatever you want to, mark it, check it, let us walk with you, let us love you, let us pray with you, we'll never stop. It won't be easy, you will struggle, you'll, be, you, you'll have difficulty, I promise, but you won't be alone. You'll have power, you'll have armor, you'll have a source 
you'll have prayer, you'll have a family, you'll have community, you'll have love, and you'll, you'll always have Jesus. That's what you'll have. I'm, I love you. And your Father loves you more. Father, I thank you so much for this word, for your truth. I, I, I truly believe in my life as I look back, God, those times when I wasn't praying, I had a mom who was praying for me. I had sisters who were praying for me. I had friends who were praying for me. I had people I didn't even know who were praying for me. There's no possible way I should even be up here speaking to anybody about anything of you. God, there are people that feel like that today, that they feel ill-equipped, they feel like less than, they feel worthless. God, fill them with your truth and your spirit. Let them know that you love them and that they're valuable in your eyes and that if they will commit to you, surrender to you, start praying to you, you will literally transform their lives. It might not happen immediately, but it will happen eventually because that's what you're in the business of doing. Father, have your way. Do what only you can do and we will continually give you praise. Give people the strength and the courage to grab their battle banner and pray daily. Just grab it and hold it and give you glory and give you praise and ask for what they want and what they need and you'll listen and you'll hear and you'll answer according to your will. God, we need that. And for the people that need to go all in and surrender to you today, God, I pray that they won't leave this place until that happens. And last but not least, God, I'm gonna say this. I pray that as we worship you and give you glory, and the prayer team comes up later, that it'll be flooded with people desperately wanting the power source, desperately wanting to fire up the car and put it in drive and move towards your plan and your purpose for their lives. Fill the prayer team with people that want more of you. Let them do something supernatural that only you can do, God. And we'll never stop loving you. We'll never stop seeking you. And we'll never stop giving you glory, God. We believe that in you. We believe that in you. The best is yet to come. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen.